Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. What's going on, everybody? Merry Christmas. That's right. You're getting this on Christmas. I wish I could give you a better movie. Um, but it's the Aquaman spoiler review, Lost Kingdom spoiler review with myself and Koi Jandro on this Monday. It's Christmas time. Maybe you're taking a break from Home Alone or a Christmas story or whatever it might be, or maybe you're watching it tomorrow. Whatevs. Um, it's myself and Koi as we're going to be breaking down this movie in general and talking about that. So thanks for joining us here today. If you're brand new to this channel, you've never been here before. That thing's swirling around in the air because it wants you to subscribe. It wants you to be part and get us to 200,000 subscribers faster than we got to 100. And in order to do that, you got to hit that button, man. And we're going to be discussing everything that we think was wrong with Aquaman. Um, yeah, that's it. That's what we're going to do. It's me. It's Koi. It's Big Thing. It's Monday. It's Christmas. Let's do it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Christmas time, and it's the big thing. I thought we were going to have the day off, but then I realized that we needed to get the spoiler out here today. And joining me on this Christmas day is Christmas Koi. Everyone that wants a bad review from me because they think I love everything is getting the biggest Christmas <laughs> present of all. And it's not what I want. I don't want to be a Grinch, but here we are. Here we are. I know, man. Oh. <laughs> and there's Winston. That's actually appropriate. That's really funny. Because here's here's the thing is that Winston was here when we were going to shoot this. <laughs> but the problem was that this movie, normally what they do is they'll they'll send an embargo out. And it's usually like, like in the case of the Marvels. Yeah. It was about two weeks, a week like, and a half. No, it was like two days before. Oh, the Marvels, this gap. You're the right. Marvels. You're right. It was like two days before. It was like Tuesday. And even that was like, uh-oh. Yeah. This embargo dropped the day it released. Yeah, it was out in some places. Yeah, and then I know people that broke embargo that said, hey, I'm not breaking embargo because I bought a ticket myself. There are places this was out. It's crazy. I've then, never seen that. It's crazy. And then there's a plus, and then the plus one side of it all was that normally when you go to the screenings, they give you, if, if there's room, they give you plus one. So I'm, I'm going to the screening yesterday going, well, it's probably packed out. There were so many empty seats. They chose, and I'm I'm very appreciative that I was one of the people that they chose to have at this screening, but they chose a select amount of critics who were gonna go. Yeah. And and then I I sat I was empty seats all around. That's yeah, I went with a friend to another screening and and it was uh it was, you know, a fun event and experience. Right. But I definitely felt that it was really close to release even then because I saw it like I think Monday or Tuesday. So I didn't see it that long ago either. Like they usually have a swath of events leading up to a thing. Sure. And we were at the only two. It was it was. And it would just it kinda and you understood though, and you kinda understood right as the movie started, it even the opening with the voiceover. Yeah. It it 
it, I said to myself as the voiceover started, I said, if this is what the writing in the movie is going to be, we're in trouble. It, it felt like it, a trailer, the opening, where it, it was like, let's just consolidate a lot. And then the whole movie felt truncated. Like the whole movie felt edited and pushed together. And it didn't feel like there was another longer movie necessarily. It just felt like it was a bunch of pages from a bunch of different scripts. They did not seem like they put any effort into trying to write this script to make it. And it's a sequel to a billion dollar movie. I know. I don't understand the, the foundational elements of this because you know you're making the sequel to the only billion dollar DCEU film from the Ever. jump. Before it, everything started right. falling apart, when they first started making this, when the script is written, everything's good right. comparatively. So as things fall apart, I could see getting worried. But when it got written, they weren't worried. They had a billion dollar hit on their hands. How did this script come out of let's make a billion dollar sequel? I, is it too many cooks in the kitchen? Is it the fact that, they, because look, the first movie is not a well-written masterpiece. But it's so fun. It, it is. And I think that they were maybe trying to do that again with this one, but where they maybe caught lightning in a bottle by doing yeah. the fun thing last time, it didn't work this time. And the movie's not, there are moments that are fun. There are moments, but it not not really. And Jason Momoa does his damnness to make everything he can fun, try to light up the room when he walks into it. But like, and so does Yaya with making the dialogue that he's given like extra. Like, um, his dialogue is so. Oh, bad. it's the worst dialogue it's, I think we've had a villain have since I don't know pre, yeah. but since like the Fox Marvel era. And 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 also Randall Park, who I like. First of all, why why would you cast Randall Park in this when I think you have an opportunity? Like, and I know that. Um, my, my argument at first was because he's been in Marvel and everything too. But if you could give like, Kwan is someone I thought of mm. uh, right away. But I also, but if you can give another actor an opportunity for this role too, because here's Randall Park who has done a. He's a playing sim- the same character as WandaVision. Kind just of, but it's not, not as funny. Right. Not as funny. No um, magic, no flourish. Right. And it's like, and, and it's tough because I like him, but like I've seen him in this other role of Marvel for so long now. And. The, his character was written really terribly too, and he's just a stupendous, marvelous, wonderful, and it's like this is and and so many jokes, it painfully quiet in the audience. You could hear it just thud on because the there's that pause for laughter that never comes. No, never comes. It's like when you and you do, saw it you in a packed it, house, yeah. right? Yeah. And see? when you go to like a stand-up set and the comedian like waits because he's had it go right. well, it felt like that the movie where they expected it to go well, where it's like. Aquaman 2. Right. And I hate to say it, like, I don't like not liking things, but there were a lot of moments where I was watching this going, who is this for? Why did this get greenlit? Who said yes to this page? You. Why are you here? Because I must get my revenge. (laughs) It was so bad. And leaks have come out online where there's, like, sections of the movie... Like, there's a Black Mantis scene that's like, not only did you take his throne, but you took his girl. And yes, in an out-of-context excerpt, that does feel like a cheesy comic book line. Mm-hmm. And it can work. And and I said this briefly on our non-spoiler. It can work if that's the character that speaks that way because it's fun but to be like, talks but like if that. everyone talks that way, you just immediately within 20 minutes are exhausted at bad dialogue. It doesn't become right. a reference. It doesn't become kitschy. And like we talked about Bibiani, he likes those sometimes because it's like a, a spirit. But there's no spirit. There's no here. spirit to it at all, and I think, and a lot of it just doesn't make sense. A lot of it is predictable. The stuff that, like, here's is, we joked about this. Um, there's this moment where Aquaman is now 
the king of Atlantis, and he's doing his thing. He's got his duties that he's doing, and then he's trying to be a dad at the same time, and the kid's pissing in his face, and ha, 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 laugh, laugh, and he's dodging it, and the kid can talk to fish, and he has this moment with his dad, and the scene that happens right beforehand where the kid's been peeing in his face, so here he is. Now he's with Mera. She's there with him. In the, in, in the room, they're parenting together, and then the kid goes to piss in his face, and he dodges it, and she goes, and makes the kid piss in his face. The next scene, or, or or close to it, he's sitting there with his dad, and he goes, "Here's the single parenting." What are you talking about? You just had your the mother of your child was just there, and she's doing the same thing that you're doing. Yeah, and apparently she's with the kid most of the movie because when the kid's gone, I assume she's like, and she's pissed right. when it happens. And then, you know, uh, the stuff with uh, the, the brother was set up, set up. That was the only thing that I think they should have gone from the beginning. And tried to do, and then the silly thing with the octopus that they throw in there. They made the one note joke that was funny in the first film. The octopus playing the drums yeah. became a viral sensation, and I think they got the wrong memo. I think they were like, "Oh, this character's popular," and they made it like a co-lead for, for an act. I forgot about him, Tapos or whatever. They, but like yeah. a, a third lead right. in a movie in that scene, yeah. But for like twenty minutes, I know. And he's like, he's like a spy and doing all these things, and that's not what you get out of this. Is a funny visual. You don't go, let's make him a lead in the movie. So not only does it show that they're not aware of what the audience found funny about it, and I think that's part of the spirit we were talking about, is they, they don't understand what made the first film, even if it's not the best written, even if it's not the most tight, it still had a spirit of joy and uh, spontaneity. This movie didn't feel spontaneous. No. It felt color by numbers. It felt like they took the wrong messages from the first movie, and it definitely felt like they underused somehow a second time Yaya. It also felt like the major criticisms of like the Star Wars prequels they took those elements. Yeah, and like, all the Lord of the Ringsness they tried to do, and you're, if you're not Peter Jackson, if right. you're not that or like Game of Thrones, like they, yeah. they try to even use the actor for Game of Thrones to play the villain who's again, I mean the the major, the main villain who's like again, I see him twice doing this thing where he's it was like dark dark side yeah almost like. and he had like a sauron vibe when the, when the suit took over and him just, and that lore is just kind of like set up at the end with the sphere it's like it was so sloppy and it's like the whole thing is just like you didn't care and it was so predictable like these moments of like the main a few of the moments that i think of when dolph lundgren is hanging off the side of the thing and he's going don't leave me and then patrick wilson who they've been setting up has had a redemption arc the whole entire time looks at him and goes and leaves. I, were they trying to fool us? At no point was I worried about Dolph Lundgren. I'm like, when is he going to... Okay, and then what's going to happen in my head? He's going to save him, and then Dolph's going to give him a gun. And, and then at the exactly end of the movie, they obviously let him go because he's redeemed himself. Like, everything was so colored by numbers from the beginning. From everything. And, then and the, I get it's a younger, skewing comic movie. It doesn't matter, But though. it shouldn't be dumb to adults. It should be catering to all audiences. To all of everything. And even... even but even kids they can handle something a little smarter than that and yeah. that's predictable and like the end all right this whole time so they set it up in the beginning that momo wants to be the one who full disclosure to the entire world that these that we live here we're going to show them they can handle it let's yeah. do it and then they ruin the moment at the end of the movie he gives a speech and you're like in my head the second the speech starts i'm like it's gonna start out. He's giving the whole speech, and at the end, he's gonna go, "Yeah, dude," or something too. And then he's gonna, and and he does, and it completely kills. Also, you can't end the DCEU. This is spoilers, obviously, but you cannot yeah. end the DCEU with a Marvel reference. 
Oh, right. What, 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 he oh, literally yeah, says, I am. I am Aquaman. Right. The end of the movie right. is a reference to the beginning of the MCU. And I get self-referential humor. I get it's all in comics. I get it's all in good fun. Yeah. It just felt like it didn't. It felt like it didn't care about the DCU. Uh, uh, well, if you could what, just go like, I'm Aquaman, like that's your last moment. The last moment actually wasn't. That, oh, even though. worse. It's even worse. So they set, and which again, they set up this moment where they're walking th- through the jungle. They're walking through the jungle of um, wherever the hell they are. And they're talking about f- food that Patrick Wilson's missed out on. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you never had a cheeseburger, man? You never this? And then they see a cockroach. And I thought it was a prank. And he goes, yeah, it's a cockroach and it's the shrimp of the land. And it seemed like he was going to prank his brother to make him eat a cockroach. Mm-hmm. And then he eats it. And Momoa's like, yeah, see, good. And doesn't really ever call back that it was a joke. Yeah. And because we think it's gross, but Aquaman apparently doesn't think it's gross because it didn't seem like a joke to me. He didn't. Right. He never said like one of those stupid YouTube videos, it's a prank, dude, it's a prank. Um, so here's this moment that happens, and you're like, okay, that was fine. Then he's sitting on the uh, at the end in this post credit scene, Patrick Wilson eating the cheeseburger. And you're like, okay, nice moment. He's eating the cheeseburger. He enjoys it. And the cockroach shows up. He puts it in the, the cheeseburger. And that's your last scene. It's okay if it's the Ant-Man moment where that's the drum scene. Sure. But you don't, at all the freaking reshoots that you did, Yeah. you don't say, hey, Ben, gal. Or even show a scene from Flash with Superman for all I care. Like Anything. Because they shot stuff with Cavill. I was thinking, like, maybe they'll just give us they a had montage. Affleck stuff. A montage. Show us a montage of right because yeah, because Affleck was on set he and, was, the, they, and the paparazzi were like, yeah, they Jason, literally shot Jason stuff. Momoa announced he was going to be in the movie at one point. I totally forgot about that. And and so and then they did, because of everything going on, they didn't want to confuse people, so they took it out. But it's like, put, if it's done, put together. If you you know that this is the end of it, put yeah. together a little montage at the end to say like, look, we did our thing. That was it. And we're yeah. done now. And it's over now. A new thing. It's like one last thing. Spend a, a, a grand on editors a and cockroach? put together something with all the footage we'll never get to see. I would love to have seen right. Henry Cavill one last time. I'd love to see Affleck one last time. I couldn't believe that that was the last thing that they ended with. They're just like, let's just get out of here. The, uh, the movie was a cockroach burger. Yeah. Yeah. They gave us that as the movie. That's and the, the, and the, the last, I mean, I don't know if you saw the Momoa speech of James Wan. It, it was very, like, it felt like a memorial already, and then the movie felt like that. Yeah. Like, Momoa saying bye was very heartfelt, which I appreciated. James Wan at the, thanking. At the screen? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, Wan having that, like, this is part two of my two-act saga. Like, this is the movie I wanted to make. I loved that it felt heartfelt. But it didn't feel like we were celebrating Aquaman. Uh-huh. It felt like we were mourning the DCEU. But the movie then felt like it was just trying to be done with it. The like, mo- it was just trying to get through it. And, you know, the movie's not sexy. No. It's not sexy And the first one was. You know what it needed? Joy mode. 100%. Needed joy mode. And you guys, if you don't know about joy mode, I'm so glad they're back. Let me tell you about joy mode. All right. You know as well as I do, you've been standing at that gas station. You look over and you go, oh, sexual pills. I'm going to try one of those. Don't do it. They are not good over there. Not healthy. But joy mode is. What is joy mode? When you go to the gym and you take something to help you with your workout, it's the same thing with joy mode. It's a sexual enhancement performer, man. It's amazing. And it works. The issue is that that over-the-counter pill, it contains unregulated chemicals, it suggests unsafe doses, and it includes the risk of several other health problems. That is why we are partnered with our friends over at Joy Mode. I tried it, and man, oh man, it just makes you feel good. It's that extra pep. It's not necessarily a step, but you get what I'm talking about. 
Whether you're looking to spice up your intimate moments or increase your confidence in the bedroom, Joy Mode makes all natural and science-backed supplements dedicated to helping men perform better across their core functions. Their trademark product, the Sexual Performance Booster, is every man's solution for increased blood flow, firmness, stamina, and performance. It comes in a palm-sized packet like your favorite electrolyte powder. Simply mix six to eight ounces of water 45 minutes before sexual activity and watch the magic unfold, literally. Redefine your intimacy and go to usejoymode.com for 20% off with the code BIGTHING, appropriate. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGTHING at usejoymode.com. Ingredients with integrity. Joy Mode. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. All right, I'm not kidding you. Joy mode. If you if you use supplements to work out, no difference. You want that hua Jason Momo experience? You I'm want that? You, doesn't matter. <laughs> you can be a young buck like this guy. You can be a, an old broken horse like myself. It is good stuff. I'm telling you. Um, moving on. Back to the movie itself and the things that they just they just and I and I mentioned this on our show on Friday. Coy was that. People are like, you can't compare this to, to Godzilla minus Why one. not? And I'm like, why not? Why not? And I'm not talking about the movie and the story points. I'm talking about taking a movie, and I understand Japan's uh, budget, the way that they work their budget is significantly different. They made their movie for $15 million, but in reality, they probably make it for 100 Okay, great. This it is looked, still two. It, right. It, <laughs> this is over two. Right. So and like, it, and it if you want like, to compare it. And it looks like shit. The CGI is awful in this movie yeah it's people awful. being like this is the most comic accurate suit i was like where and dude that's my the least of my concerns. right there's time like there's that whole scene where nicole kidman is is jumping around on, in the water when when yaya first attacks and she's like doing these moves and like them it just looks like like early like 2000 like sam raimi stuff it looks like, like uh, actors doing warm-ups on a stage there are so many moments that look like actors doing their like gotta shake yeah. off the weird warm-ups yeah. and it's in the movie and I feel I, Yaya underserved again. Like, I feel so bad that he keeps getting underserved. Like, he doesn't yeah. get to show how good he is again. And that was my big complaint with the first movie. Is like, you've got this guy as Black Manta. How mm -hmm. are you going to waste him? And then an entire other movie wastes him. What a terrible story it is. It's like, he, what's his motivation still? The same motivation he had in the first one? I need revenge. Still. I need revenge because this guy killed my dad. I need revenge. And, I, and I'm just trying to figure something. Oh, I got very lucky and found this thing. And now I'm being possessed. And when it really comes down to it, after I lose this power, Aquaman's just going to toss me off like a bitch. And then the stupidest moment of the, when he's like, no, uh, was he no chance or no way? And he fly, he tries to do the Hans Gruber moment and flies back. And it's so bad. It's so bad. It's, it's written like it's 
I love James Wan. Yeah. This is a blemish on his wonderful oh, career. Oh, huge. And that's that's so unfortunate that it had to be this. Yeah. Because like a $200 million movie should never be this big of a blemish. And that's why I feel like it's so much studio jumbling. And and like to be honest, this gives me so much more hope in the DCU because I want to like let this go. But, you know, you mentioned that. You know whose name's all over this? Peter Safran. His name is all over this movie. Mm. It's all over this movie. What was he doing? <laughs> well, you know, no, you're not wrong. It's and, and all over this movie. Yeah. It's like Peter Saffron production, this, that. Is this one of the things they look at and they go, hey, you need a little bit of help on the uh, here. We need James Gunn to James balance Gunn. this so, out. Because that's very true. There's sometimes you maybe were part of a band beforehand. Sure. And you had some things that you were working in that band. But if you just had a better lead singer. But that first Shazam was his baby. Peacemaker was his baby. I think he's but he still was part, more. He was, short, he was involved in part two. No, Shazam. no. I, but I, I think Shazam 2 is much better than this. Yes. So okay. and, and Shazam 2 didn't feel like it was all interference. Whereas this, to me, feels like it was one of the most studio-made movies I've seen in years. Uh, but that's also hearsay. Sure. I mean, I mean, but it, the feel it, didn't feel like an art. I don't disagree with you. No artist made this movie. Mm-hmm. A committee made this movie. Just like the Marvels, I a felt like it was notes. made by committee. A lot of notes yeah. made this movie. Like, yeah. I, I feel like the Marvels was written by committee, edited by committee, yeah. and like the actors and directors didn't get to do what they, they should do. This, to me, even more so, written by 30 different people with cliches, Edited, well, I didn't even have as big a problem with the editing as I did with the Marvels, but the actual movie, even beyond the edit, never felt like it had anything to say. It's just And so, when it did say stuff, yeah. it was cliche, like global warming bad. I'm aware. Right. And it's so dull, dude. It's yeah. so dull. I would have loved an Aquaman movie. And and this is my, my um, you know, uh, aggressively empathetic sensibilities. I would think it'd be fascinating to have a global warming villain, if done right, for the age we're in. On paper, that sounds aggressively like SJW, right. but in reality, Aquaman would give many bleeps about it. But so it, why not do it right? But you can also say it in a way, in a different, I mean, they, they the references, they, they beat it over your head. It, they it, say it, it out loud it, like five times. So many different times. And it's like, it just, it just kind of glossed over, it went right over my head. It kind of glossed past it because it just wasn't, I, I didn't take it serious because how do you take it, it, it? There was back in the day when Ellis and I used to do reviews. When movies were written poorly, we said that it was like written by some cartoon cat that got hammered and goes, oh, my God, I'm going to do a whole thing about, oh, there's 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 a global warming. And then there's a, then we like the guy from the Marvels. We're going to put the guy in the, and from the, 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 the he, he, yeah, Randall Park. We like him. Throw him in there. And oh, my goodness, there's a trident and Game of Thrones. Yay. And it's like, what? what? That's what I felt. It, right. It was just some crazy <laughs> Like and this. people got paid for this. Yeah, I know, and and, and they will, and they're going to lose a lot of money because. Oh, of this. they're yeah, studio wise, but like those writers already got paid. It's crazy, and and well, here's the other thing though too is because I love Jason Momoa. I think he's a star. I think he's got a charisma. I think the second the guy mm-hmm. walks into a room, he goes, "Whoa, there's that guy," and he's a massive presence. Yeah. Not only do I think that he just they they let him just be too Jason Momoa in this, and not even really Aquaman. Mm-hmm. He had a lot to do with the writing. He was he co-wrote Yeah, the, they've the, they've made that really clear in the promos. And I think that was a problem. Mm-hmm. I think that he made it he was like he when you have a billion dollar movie and the billion dollar star, the only billion dollar star of the DCEU. You let him go. He goes, Oh, what do you what do you think we want to do? And people really like this guy. Especially coming off the probably the best performance in Fast X, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And you go, Well, what do you want to do? Well, people really like when I do this. And like even when he's like like uh Kingsville Bridges, whatever it is too, and he does that. The surfer thing runs out, does it, mm-hmm. and it's like it's just he does this in everything. I feel like the same thing he's doing in interviews, he's doing as as Arthur. And I and I like that there's like uh you know Samoan culture represented sure. in the movie, but it did feel like 
that became the character, not a part of the character. And, and that's different than the first movie where like, I felt like every time he did something that was uh, like one of the chants or one of the things. Right, yeah. And I was like, okay, we, we, that's cool because the character as shown in the first movie is Samoan and Atlantean. Great to represent culture. But when it becomes the only thing I can tell you about the character, I don't know who the character is. And why do you really do it? It's because, you know, you know, tomorrow Morrison is very strong in the culture and that mm -hmm. he's, and he, and, and his representation of what he's done in everything from whether it's Boba Fett or this, mm -hmm. he, he brings that with him. So, is that why you're because it's not represented very well in the script? No, because no. I feel like tomorrow Morrison, whenever he does it, it feels authentic. It does, but and too, not to say that Momo was not doing it authentically, but in the script, it doesn't feel authentic. Because in the first movie, and I and I didn't love the first movie, but I, I what what I will say about the first movie is that they do deliver a good kind of emotional dilemma that Arthur's going through. True, and from his quest to know his mother, the quest to like really understand what he's about, who he is. Mm -hmm. It was all in there. Mm -hmm. All of that was in there. And there are scenes that stand out, like Nicole Kidman's fight with the overhead. Yeah. And like James yeah. Wan directing got to shine, the right. stuff in the trench. Right. Like there's a reason it was almost a spinoff. There's nothing that feels like James no. Wan in here that feels like he got to make some art. It does. It, that's what I'm saying. If you didn't know, if this was James Wan's first movie, you're just like, it, it was like a, it was, it was just like this. Who, who's It doesn't directed? feel like it was directed by anyone. No, it's just like a very, it's, it, they put a camera on, they said, well, we want to do this and have some, you know, editors throw some big moments in here and let Jason Momoa do his thing. And and then they have this one woman who is... They're, they're, they tried to make her so important. I kept being like, what's happening with this woman? So there's a woman who starts to scream a lot. We don't know her name. And I, no clue who this woman is. She she, work, she works for Yaya, and she's going, you, get over here, you do this. And she's screaming. And you're like, well, who is that? I thought I missed a scene. They don't set it up. I don't, there was no introduction to her that I remember. Who is she? Yeah. And then, and then you get to a place where she's fighting. She's in the- The big mech robot. She's in 2000 Leagues Under the Sea robot. And she's kicking Momoa and Wilson's ass. And then you get her to a place where she's going to be really in trouble. And they shoot it in a way like, oh, it looks like they finally got her. And my question is, who is she? I have no idea who Never she found is. out who she was. And that's an important enough character that, that that needs to be answered. From the way you're shooting it, you're telling me that I should care about right. that, that, this, that they've defeated this villain. Yeah. Who the hell is she? Her and Topo got so much screen time that I have no understanding Nothing. of. Nothing. And the movie's only two hours and it felt like four. Yeah, and they also don't do a good job of, and I think every sequel should do this and every movie should do this. Even if you think that everyone has seen your movie because it was a billion dollar movie, give me a little bit of setup on who the hell Dolph Lundgren is again? Because I've seen yeah. the movie, but it's been a while. I've, yeah, and the, and the the crabs doing the reference of the my hand got cut off, and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that was a thing. It was five yeah. years ago, guys. Yeah. It was five years ago, and it's like you forget stuff because the TV shows, if they've been out, if it's been two years since the show has come out, they'll give you a little. They give you a big rundown of previously on. Now you can't do that in a movie. No, but, but you, you can, can have, do that through dialogue. You can do that through some And things. dialogue isn't I got my hand cut off. No. Like that's not the, that's not what we're saying. It's like that's a reference and you're trying to make a joke, but I don't know who no. you are, Mr. Crab. Can we let me care about I don't care about these guys. They were like there was these CGI characters I just didn't give a shit about. And that's the James Wan saying this is part 1, part 2 if you watch them back to back. I get that, but it's still a 5-year leap and it's yeah. still a sequel where we don't have a lot of investment. And if you think about it, there's not a lot of new characters and I'm still not invested in the characters that I was last right, time. Right, because it's a very quiet $1 billion movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, a, there are some billion dollar movies and even like something like Avatar. Mm -hmm. Like you've got to go back and re revisit Avatar 
before they come out because first of all, the first one was two thousand nine. Yeah, the it was second also one like was fourteen last year. years ago or whatever. So you've got to revisit it in order to find out what the hell's going on, and that was the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah, you still got to revisit it because of the time gap, and that was ten plus years as opposed to five, but still five is a lot. Like. Seven months and my brain's going. Wait, who's that? Five's a whole generation nowadays. Yeah, like if you think about like how quickly things evolve, yeah. how much things change. Like society five years ago, we hadn't had a pandemic yet. I know. It's, like it's you know what I mean. I like know. the world is it's literally true. different. The amount of stuff that it came in and out between that time. Yeah, it's crazy. So, that was a superhero heyday, and now it's like we're the, we're rebuilding here. And that's another conversation that we're gonna have about the superhero genre and how it's changed and how that had a big to do of why this movie is in the place that it is in right now. We'll talk about that in a second. But before I do, I want to tell you about AG1 and Rocket Money. Here you go. I always get excited when I get a chance to talk about AG1. You guys know, if you've been listening to this show long enough, you know that I've been talking about them. I've been drinking them now for, it's got to be at least two years. I started drinking AG1. I think Brett Sheridan told me about it. I said, you can't mess around with this, man. You got to try it. And I did. And it's a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. I've heard so many different people now talking about it since we've been talking about it on this show and how much AG1 has helped them. I talk to you guys, a lot of you guys, when we talk to do the one-on-one sessions that I do with people, they go, yeah, I started doing AG1 and I love it. It gives me the energy that I need. Parents, I found new parents love this stuff, but everybody loves it. And not only for me did I replace my multivitamin with AG1 because I was never the multivitamin guy. I would try it and I was like, everyone's telling me, you got to do multivitamins, you got to do multivitamins. And I can't, can't do that many vitamins. One scoop, I put it on a water bottle, I put it in a zoo cup, I shake it up, I'm good to go. I recommended AG1 to everybody, my friends, my family, you guys, and it's worked out. It's great. I get energy, I get a pep in my step. I love AG1, and you guys know how long I've been talking about it. People still, they'll, they'll tweet, and they'll, or they'll X, whatever, they X me, and they say, hey, AG1, you've been talking about it forever. I'm trying it today, and they never go back. AG1 is the supplement that I trust to provide the support that my body needs daily, and that's why they've been a partner for a long time now. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. But you have to go to drinkag1.com slash big thing. Drinkag1.com slash big thing. Check it out. Hey, Rocket Money. How much do you guys think that you're paying a month on subscriptions? Yeah, that's what I thought. Most people think they're "Ah, 80 bucks, 82 bucks. Yeah, right. You're paying closer to around 200 bucks, and that is why I use Rocket Money. What is Rocket Money, Christian? Thank you for asking. I'm going to tell you, me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending, and it helps you lower your bills. And it's all in one place. It has over 5 million users and counting. Rocket Money has helped save its customers an average of $720 a year and $1 billion in total savings so far. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way. Go to rocketmoney.com slash thing. That's rocketmoney.com slash thing. Rocketmoney.com slash thing. All right, thank you to our friends over at AG1 Rocket Money. It's the holiday season, man. You want to give, if you're able to support the show and you're like, hey, I really like this show. I like what you guys do and I want to support how do I do it. 
That's how you do it. Get yourself something. I'm telling you to get yourself a Christmas gift today. Get it today. That helps out the show, and you get yourself a gift. I think that's a good deal. Um, we talked about before the break, Coy, that the genre in 2018 when this came out was at its peak. Yeah. You had Infinity War was either out or coming out or whenever it was. I think it probably was out at that point. I think into the Spider-Verse yeah, as well. Yeah. I think literally the best. That was our album year. Like that's the now. That's what I call superhero movies. It was crushing, and all these movies were crushing at this point. And the and it was at people weren't in a place where every superhero movie that comes out now they go, oh, what's this? Yeah, oh, who is this now? What do I have to know? Mm-hmm. That wasn't there back then, and it definitely helped. And DC was on this climb of coming back with Wonder Woman and everything. They were coming back. They were kind of starting yeah. to climb back, and that has gone away now especially after black adam shazam blue beetle which i liked but uh, but and i actually i'm one of the few people that liked both black adam shazam 2 and it, i did the funny part is i think shazam 2 the worst part of shazam 2 was was zach levi right right um, yeah no i think this year dc had their smaller hits were not bad like they're not great but like those three aren't bad they're not bad but they but they've done but they did bad the flash right. did bad they, they all did bad and so it doesn't help that they're like and the fact that now you get James Gunn. Shazam 2 was this year, wasn't it? Yeah. So we had four DC movies this year, yeah. all of which. Well, Black Adam was last year, wasn't it? Or was Black Adam they this did, year? No, last year was Black Adam and Shazam last did year. um did uh, Comic-Con together. Wasn't it? Shazam was this year. Hold but on. was let Black Adam? Shazam was March, and I think Black Adam was... Let me, let me check. I have no... Dude, check. what a year. <laughs> so yeah, Shazam 2 was March of 2000. 23 and then Black Adam was last year. But so, like, so we had four this year with Blue Beetle, yes. Shazam, Flash, and this, mm-hmm. which is insane that DC had a four-movie four. year. And then none of them delivered. It was a major... And this is why Warner Brothers is meeting with Paramount. Right. And that's what worries me most is, you know, we talk about monopolies and we talk about mm-hmm. the more consolidation there is, the less overhead, the less creativity, the less people can compete. Competition breeds, you know, creativity. And I do worry... If Warner Brothers owns, you know, Top Gun. If Warner Brothers owns, you well, know, a lot of the, the opposite. I think if Paramount owns, I don't know who's doing better. How's Paramount Plus doing? Paramount's doing. At least they're in the up uh, in Paramount, the black. Paramount, Paramount did not have the amount of loss that That's Warner true. Brothers had. That's true. And they've got There's Yellowstone. A, if if Warner Brothers wasn't in trouble, they wouldn't be meeting. They wouldn't with be meeting with Paramount. Yeah, that's fair. Paramount's going to be making. That's and who I can't remember who brought this up. I think I, I think it was. I can't remember. It was Kalinowski. I can't remember. But somebody brought up the fact of like, all right, so now we have um, this DC universe that James Gunn has. Mm-hmm. And so if Paramount gets a hold of it, and they get a hold of it this year, like this year, is, or Superman, the, is Superman the only movie that's his control? Not necessarily. This is the way that I looked at it. I'm curious if you, th- if you agree. So the way that if Paramount gets a hold of it and they go, okay, well, look, James, you got the keys to the castle. You stick with your plan. If your plan, if Superman doesn't work, it's over. We're pulling the plug. I think that's no matter what. Probably no matter what. But definitely with Paramount, and they're probably going to pull the plug on it, stick DC on the shelf for a little bit, give it some rest because it's just a damaged brand if Superman doesn't pull. Flip side of that is if Superman pulls, they go, okay, keep going. What what does your plan look like? But but you've got you've got different you've got different rules now. Yeah. So I think Paramount, you know, they actually it'd be ironic because they released Iron Man. Um, it'd be really ironic if Paramount yeah. becomes the other side of the superhero, uh, you know, two-sided coin. Right. But I do worry overall having less 
versatility in the studio system to that scale. I think we talked about was it Apple and Warner Brothers, and I was like, "Fuck it!" Apple like because Disney, I think. it was yeah, because yeah. I was like, "Well, because it was um, I was just saying I want more money behind the superhero films." I don't remember who it was, but I remember just thinking yeah. like, "But then the more I think about it, the more I'm concerned for oversight." Like I don't think a monopoly. I think that's fair to call that a monopoly. The the Marvel DC Warner Brothers thing is already scary, and the Marvel um, Fox thing is already scary. Yeah, it's funny. I think and. I don't disagree with. I've seen tons of people who tweet this stuff out. It doesn't. It doesn't phase me as much because I'm like, it's just you're basically just whittling down superpowers, and it's like you got but you're making one more powerful. You're not whittling. You're you're you're, you're taking out one of them. Yeah, really. but that makes the the thing bigger. Well, they, they basically is kind of teamed up. Um, with, you have Disney and Fox, which Disney became this thing. It didn't help them. No, it's like, like the Yankees. You know, it was like mm, the, too much to look at. It's had so much, you had so much budget, so much star power, and and Disney had Disney on its one hundredth year had, had its worst its year, worst year ever. Its stock is down like it's billions crazy, of dollars. Crazy how much like the, the the amount of like where they were going and how they were this again this incredible. The reason why they were able to buy Fox, yeah, is the years that they were having, and then now they've done a terrible year. And then you look at Warner Brothers, who is starting to fail now too. If it's just Disney and then Paramount and then Universal. I, I understand, and you lose a lot of jobs and everything too. I'm not taking that away. Too. Also, you piss off one PR person, we're out of work. <laughs> one, one. I, I understand. <laughs> I understand all of it. If we piss off a third of town by making one person an enemy, <laughs> I, I understand all of it. I understand all. Of it. I'm just saying that for for like I don't. I'm, I just don't. And I also don't look into it as much too. But I do get it. I do get. It. I just think that it is going to be a monopoly for sure. And the question is, is it going to help or hurt? But what if Paramount loves a director? What? Oh, say okay. What if Warner Brothers hates Tyler Sheridan just for an easy name yeah, because yeah, yeah. Paramount loves him? Right. How does that affect the entire industry? Because that's millions of jobs. Because Taylor Sheridan yeah. has like, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. But that's also that's also who's got the power positions inside of this deal. Who's got veto power? Who has all this? I don't know if anyone does because Zaslav clearly doesn't care about anything. And, well, no, Zaslav's probably from what they said when Zaslav came into this thing that Zaslav was ready to sell this thing. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, is like yeah. he doesn't care. He doesn't care. So he cares what, about. So the... Paramount's going to be the ones in charge. They ain't getting rid of Tyler Sheridan. But I know what your point. Is. Just, I'm just yeah. I'm not saying they get rid like of. I'm different... saying a big fixture yeah, of blank. It's like any other company that gets bought over everything too the deals that you thought were going to go into place because yeah. someone got replaced like i rem- i've worked for companies where the particular person we we had this whole plan going on and they said once this year happens you're going to be doing this 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 and this and then that person leaves and so and so comes yeah. in that job's gone yeah uh, and, and that's why I'm saying, like, what if someone at Paramount hates James Gunn? Again, these are all hypotheticals, but the big players here. And, and that's what worries me about any sort of monopoly and any sort of thing of this scale mm-hmm. with something this big. But I do agree. It's actually interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Disney pre-Fox acquisition. And then the, in this case, if Paramount acquires Warner Brothers or vice versa, yeah. the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I think that's why these two companies got hit so hard by the pandemic is because they had so much more to lose than a company that didn't need to make billions each time. But they're also they're heavy. Hit, well, they're Disney. Their heavy hitters weren't delivering. Mm-hmm. Marvel didn't deliver this year, and then Star Wars has been sitting on the shelf since 2019. Yeah, which is which insane. is crazy. And their last movie wasn't, you know, what, it, love it or hate still, it. It still, made a billion dollars. Though. It did, but it didn't get taught. Nobody no. talks about it. People no. talk about the Last Jedi because it's it's you know, as you texted me, uh, very polarizing. <laughs> but you did at least you did that to piss me off. <laughs> 
There's no. I love the Last you, Jedi. But you, it is my favorite since Empire. Look at me comfortably. In my, look at me in my eye and tell me that you did not send that tweet out because you knew it was going to cause a fire. Every year, I tweet about the Last Jedi to defend it. I phrased it in a way that would get traction. So both things are true. Okay. I did phrase it very coldly because I knew it would get traction. You knew, you but that's what Twitter's for, and and therefore so for you for me. But I, I immediately muted it and went thanks. Yeah, and right. and instead you, of being you like and ran. instead of being political, I was like I'll be political about Star Wars. So, but yeah. I will tell you to your face, it's my favorite since Empire personally. Yeah. But we talk about it. You didn't so, say it's fair. You said it's best. I th- I, I, that's fair. That's touche. And that's the antagonizing part. <laughs> that's the, antagonizing that's the phrasing. Part. No, but yeah. I think that we talk about Last Jedi. We don't talk about the ninth one, which you, I can't. Right, it's my name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, so, so to me, 2019. Not only did it end with a whimper to right. culture, it made a billion. But nobody talks about that no, billion for dollars. sure. But they, but it doesn't change the fact that still you haven't put a movie out. You, you, the Patty Jenkins movie was supposed to come out this year. Whoa! This was coming out this month. Yeah, we looked up. Uh, we're doing an episode uh, this upcoming Friday about our best uh, and yeah. worst of 2023. Yeah. We looked up 2023, and there was an article from December. Craven, Madam Web, yeah. Blade, and strikes and stuff too. But like, stuff. sure. But, but how also, crazy is that? Also smart for Sony because Sony ain't gonna make profit on those movies. Those but movies. next year they're gonna be the only game in town. Yeah, but those movies aren't gonna do well. They're. I think they'll do better than they would have this year. Maybe. Because like this year they would have been competing with other movies failing, but whereas Aquaman, next year. But Aquaman, dude, Aquaman lends like all these movies, they all create a ripple effect. Doctor Strange, doing what it did, and people going because that movie's not like beloved. People, Raimi fans love it, but right? it's Rise of Skywalker. We won't talk about it in the conversation. Exactly, but it does. But it also adds to the casual audience going. Sure. And then as and then Thor: Love and Thunder, which also made money, but people go, oh, right? sure, thing. that's a really good point. And then it starts to do, and then you get Black Adam, and then you get these movies, and it's like boom, 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 and you're like, whoa, it's a casual audience member, like this is just not good stuff. And then a movie like Craven comes out, like what the fuck is that? Mm. And then and then uh, again as a casual viewer, and then Madam Web, and you're like, no thanks. And these movies just add to the. Studios going, maybe no one cares about this stuff. Anymore. Right. And especially with the, the Sony ones in particular being Marvel adjacent. Right. Because the Marvel banner's on it. So I think that's going to throw a lot of people off next year because all we have is Deadpool. Yeah. I, again, I think Deadpool's the most important movie Marvel has had since Infinity it's, War. It's as big as Superman Legacy is for DC. Yeah. It has to deliver. And Aquaman basically, I think, it, again, it's it's we recorded this to air on December, right? To air on Christmas. The movie had just come out when we're taping it. It was tracking for thirty-five to forty million dollars. I think it's going to be lucky. What do you think the audience is going to think of this movie? The audience, the real audience, or the people that spam Rotten Tomatoes? No, I think the real, the, <laughs> the, you know, the casual, but you know what I mean, like, like viewer. look at Rebel Moon. That that audience score, I've never seen it? more of this. Rebel Moon was like. Uh, the critic score came out low and then the audience score came out middle and then all of a sudden the critics, the audience score was super high because like Snyder fans got, I don't think Aquaman has that by any means, but I do think there's going to be a very inconsistent what reality is versus what it looks like optically with yeah. Aquaman. So I think that audiences will like this um, in a bubble, pun intended, but will I don't think everyday fan, audiences will, will vibe with will this. Will the casual fan go to this movie and find it like, yeah, it was fun. Was I think fun. we'll have a lot of that, but that doesn't mean it have legs. Because I think it'll be this or Wonka, which is ironic that Warner Brothers is cannibalizing itself. And I think once people find out that Wonka's a musical, people are going to turn left. I don't think it's. 
ironic that it's cannibalizing himself. I think they know what this movie is. I think it is clear as day that they knew that Aquaman was going to be a big loss for them. So they threw Wonka they to... They said, put Wonka... We, look, Wonka will be there, and then for us, if Wonka does well, and Wonka is doing it's well. Killing it's killing it. overseas, it's doing well, and it's... And it basically serves as the Christmas movie now that if you want to see, and they know it buoys their quarter four they, numbers they too. They knew that this like it. There's never more of a clear telling sign that a they put the screening up the day before, hardly and and not a mass press screening mm -hmm. limited. Also, very telling. Seven a.m. drop for the embargo because. People who went and bought their tickets already, already had tickets. Already had tickets. Anyone that's pre-reserved was well before seven a.m. One hundred percent. So they like they knew it. They go, we need, and this is why I also say it. They knew it was that bad. Why not take a tax break? Because you're making a two hundred fifty million dollar movie. <sighs> You've got to get something back in the. In you have to get something back. Yeah. So even if they know, like, okay, look, they strategized about this. They go, this is not a good movie, guys. Mm -hmm. It's not. And there's a reason. They're never going to tell you. There's even Gunn barely mentioned it. Remember the remember the thing way back in the day, and he was like, I love Blue Beetle. Really excited for Stadium Two. And we've got Aquaman. And I remember being like, oh, no. And Gun, that was a year ago. Gunn knows this movie stinks. 100%. I'll never say it, obviously, but Gunn knows this movie stinks because he, there's a reason why there's four reshoots. Reshoots are normal. One or two. Sure. Absolutely and additional normal. photography is normal. Reshoots are not the same. Of course. And then, but to, to do it, and then he gave an extra round of it and where they were, who knows. But they knew. So that's the reason why Wonka's out there. But um, I don't know. What else can you really say about this movie? The performances, again. So uh, Amber Heard, people are asking about Amber Heard if she's in it. She's in it. I mean, you can definitely, she's in the movie. I think she was in way more. I think you're probably right. And they probably, they, they cut her out. There's, you couldn't cut her out of the movie um, entirely because. But, that, but it makes it so much worse. Because, I, and I was, I, you didn't have the same like sense. Uh, right. You didn't have the same sense as I did. But I felt like every time she showed up, she was like a deus ex machina to save Aquaman. This oh. is the spoiler review. Every time she was there, it was either to remind you that he is a baby right. or it was to be like, oh, Aquaman's hurt. I'll save you. Right. And it made it like she's the hero that's stronger than Aquaman, which is going to antagonize the exact people that didn't want her in it. So she's not like a uh, the white savior in the traditional sense of being a problem narratively. She's a, a savior in the sense of like, I'm only here conveniently to save the strong right. lead we yeah. have. Because we need Pissing somebody. off right. the fucking people that don't want her there in the first place because of editing her to her only because yeah, she doesn't so serve a narrative other than like she really, scooping she, Aquaman. Yeah, she gets hurt, and 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 that that Ray is worthless. It, it shoots her. She she recovers quick. Then it shoots the brother. He's he's fine. He's fine. He's totally fine. And and we finally get a direct shot of Black Manta onto uh, Orm, and that was the bloodiest anyone got. And then like he's okay. Yeah, everybody was okay. Everyone's fine. Everyone was. Fine. It was kids playing with yeah. action figures, smashing them together, going like. And tight. explain to me this. Here's this powerful thing. Yep. And so the, what what is it? The the trident. And so he throws it at the guy at the end. The guy catches it. And then he just throws another one. That one goes through. We set what up a villain that? for two hours. Right. We make him the boogeyman. We make him the manifestation of climate change itself. Right. We make him literally Lord of the Rings meets uh, Leonardo DiCaprio documentary. Mm -hmm. Like huge powerhouse. And then he catches, like you said, yeah. and is destroyed without new dialogue. He has one line out of the ice. And literally gets killed by and and the, what? and the dialogue is so I don't know specifically, but it's something along the lines of "Now I can return." And, and he like, like breaks the chain. Break it is so, so bad. bad. It's a Disney Channel ride. I mean, a Disney yeah. park ride. It reminded me of the first, uh, not the Suicide Squad, but the Suicide Squad. Oh with yeah, the, with the 
stupid Which stuff. we learned from, I thought, because no. that movie is is known to be bad in that sense. Like, I want to see the Ayer cut because I do believe David Ayer is a good director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. That is not a David Ayer movie. This isn't a James Wan movie, and that's why I'm saying it's directed by studio. It feels like, that's a great example, it feels like Suicide Squad in that, that's not the director I know. The only difference is Ayer was out there from the beginning saying, this ain't my that's movie. That's true. I think, I think Juan might. He still wants to play ball with uh, with conjuring. He's got the conjuring verse and all yeah. that stuff too. That I think like, giving, he makes a lot of money. Give it for three them. years. He makes a lot of money for them. The yeah. nun two made a lot of money, and that's all in house. I think. I think he needs to keep. Of course, why he's like, yeah, you know what? You know what? Air's not doing. Air's not working. Warner Brothers. No, you know what I mean. And Juan is. What a great point that is, because to James Wan, if I'm James Wan, I'm going look. Yeah, if someone says to me, how are you feeling? I'm all right. Look, the movie didn't come out. It's not I'm going to go work with Orm on a Conjuring movie. I've got, I've got Patrick Wilson he's still in my house. So, he makes so much money yeah. of what he's doing, the amount of money he's making on and the Conjuring first and yeah. the Nun movies. And, and this all is stuff. just exposure. It's not good exposure, but it's like, okay, I made Aquaman, and then I went back and made my billions. Right. So I don't know. I wouldn't say anything. And Ayer did, and now Ayer's still trying to get the air cut out. Right. Right. So. There's a reason James Gunn said, "Yeah, we'll get it out," because it's like it's it's making that audience feel like it's possible. Hopefully, he said it does. We'll the air cut. Yeah, at some point, oh, is it James Gunn? Said? Yeah, at oh, some okay, point, Gunn cool. apparently said, but but I I hope it happens because I like I air. Do, I want to see it. I'm curious to see if it's that different because I do like David. But Harry that's Paul. appeasing the 10 percent of Snyder fans that are giving him a chance. To me, and and I, you know what I mean. Like I think yeah. that 90 percent of Snyder fans will never give him the time of a day. Yeah. I think 10 percent will, and I hope Air gets the benefit of that. But yeah. I don't think anyone in Juan's position would ever even acknowledge it. Well, look, that's it, man. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that's always wanted a negative review from me. This yeah, is all I could give them because I could it. not find. I, I wanted to love this. I really did. I mean, again, I like Jason Momoa. How do you root for that guy? Uh, and James Wan. But you can't. I, but you got to be And honest. Yaya Abdul-Mateen, man. Yes, like Yaya, literally Yaya. looking at Yaya's filmography. He's a star. This feels like the same level of blight as James Wan. Like it's that yeah. same tarnish of like, he oh. De- he deserved better. Does. Um. Koi, where can I find you? Uh, you find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Koi Jandro. I'm going to be doing my uh, end of the year and my most anticipated probably early January. This year is actually, and we talked about it in one of the episodes, I think one of the better years we, in we film. Didn't. We got, not we got canceled. That, oh, that episode got canceled. In an episode, in, a, in the Snyder Cut of <laughs> yeah. Capes and Cowls, there's an episode where we talk about, I, I think honestly 2023 is one of the better years for non-superhero film with two exceptional superhero films in Spider-Verse and Guardians. So I'm really excited to look at the non-superhero fare like Saltburn and Air and Godzilla. So I'm going to be making uh, my top 23 of 2023 next week. So you'll see a lot of those here for me. Uh, and I think Koi means this week because this is Christmas. Oh, yeah, this week. So uh, same same here. You, I might have my top list up already. I got a best of movies coming out, movies and TV with Roca and Merle. We have a best of the comic book years. We have the uh, comic book uh, TV and movies. We have a lot of stuff going on here. So if you're brand new to the channel and never been here before, click that subscribe button. Get us to 200,000 subscribers faster than we got to 100. So thanks for joining me here today and Koi. Appreciate you. And we'll see you on the flip side. Bye. need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.